0: Alright, I'm um, going to pray and we're going to, today I want to talk about, we've been talking about the invisible world, but I want uh, uh, the invisible world is a mystery, but what happens is mysteries in the Word are hidden, not from us, but for us. Things hidden for us, but we need the mind of Christ. And the matrix is that natural dimension where if you don't see it, it's not real, or it's not happened, or it's the future. And we want to deconstruct that. So I'm gonna pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just ask for grace. Thank you for your word speaking. We just break every whacked out spirit of religion. Get out of this place in Jesus' name. Lord, you did not come to the earth to establish a religion. Lord, we just thank you today for the mind of Christ. We thank you for wisdom and revelation. I thank you knowing the truth and the truth setting us free. Bless this time. Thank you for your river. Thank you for your river flowing. I thank you. We just speak out right now. The rivers of living water flowing in and through this place and every, every, every believer in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so look, I, I, I have, there's, there's a fair bit of scripture to, uh, uh, I wanna show you guys, but I am in awe of God's written word. I'm in awe of it. Um, the more you'd think that that, that someone who has been reading it for well over 30 years would find some loopholes or some kinks or some wrinkles or some but the more I read it I just I am so blown away with the logos now there are uh, um, you know there there are disputes about the canon and how it was formed and You've got a, a, a pseudo-apocryphal books, you've got Enoch and different things. Those things are very, very, can be helpful. But I do believe we got enough with the, with the 66 books. I really, really, really do. And so, but when you go into it, I'm just, what we've been talking about is the invisible world. And the book of Revelation is, is the invisible world. You know, I, can't, I haven't last, can't remember the last time I saw a composite creature coming out of Glenelg okay it's the invisible world, and we need we need wisdom to understand the difference now it, it, what you have is I, you know i don't want to speculate how many dimensions there are in the spirit how many dimensions there will be in eternity, but what we've got to make sure is we don't shrink God down to our brain we actually act, have to ascend and lay a hold of his wisdom and his knowledge then you start to find oh my gosh it's crazy so I believe, according to the Word and the witness of the Spirit, I believe, when I'm looking at you guys, if you're in Christ, you are actually already complete and it's like everything's already happened. Then God's put you in a thing called time to work it out according to your faith. It says that you are complete in Him according to the book of Colossians. So the good news is that you actually have everything you need in Christ. Can someone say amen? So we need wisdom and knowledge to unlock that when you start to meditate on that, when Jesus said it is finished, he really meant it. And 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 so the matrix is if I haven't experienced it, seen it or felt it, it must be the future. Whereas Jesus was absolutely insistent and pedantic, whatever things you pray for, you must believe you've already received them. Okay, and we, this is like, so what will happen is that I'm going to let Scripture speak for itself, but, but it's gonna be put, put together uh, on, a, on, a, on a, an appropriate chronology or an appropriate order so we can actually walk through this. But when we start to learn more about who God is, we learn about us. So I think there, there is a level of value in personality tests, especially if you wanna stay married, okay? You know, one of the, one of the basic things like, that, that, that has become cliche but it's so powerful is the love languages, Who's ever read the Five Love Languages? I remember, you know, time, gifts, affection, words, etc., service. I remember when uh, uh, we first read that book, and Rachel and I were driving the car. I remember this. This is this is this is a time stamped in my spirit, so I obviously need healing. Um, we're driving down the parade, and I'd been sort of like meditating on Rachel. Had, I think been reading it at the time, and I said, what. I said to her, I said, what love languages do you think you have? Usually people have two. And she was thinking about it, she goes, I think all five. (laughs) And I said to her, well, what about me? She goes, I think you're (laughs) (laughs) self-sufficient. Just extend your hands to me now. No, all right, so... (laughs) So those things <laughs> those things, really do have value. But what happens is that as good as that is, there is a higher call. And when you see the Lord, you see more of yourself. When you see more of the kingdom, you see more of yourself. When you look to Him, it's almost like you see in a Jesus mirror. And, and, and this is where... Uh, um, we, those those other things are helpful, but those things still are in a container. And if we want to lay a hold of the invisible world, and and you know, I love uh, uh, one of Smith Wigglesworth's favorite quotes, where he says, "I want to bring you to a place where you can laugh at the impossible," because it's according to your faith. And so last week we talked about the meta narrative of the victory of Jesus, and what's happening in the world right now are sub narratives. There are cycles, there are warnings, there are things happening. It's good to be like the sons of Issachar to understand the times. But the meta-narrative is Jesus is God. God fixed things at the cross. He poured out His Spirit. He shut down the old covenant once and for all. He died for sin once and for all. And and He's, He's leading us currently, according to our faith, in glory. Jesus is one. Can someone say, Amen? Can someone say, Amen? Amen. Alright, okay. After the service, coffee will be available at the back. Okay, alright, hope you enjoy the show. So, (laughs) now, one thing I've been, I'm I'm really like, uh, I am just nerding out about the Logos in this season is that God, all through Scripture, God is always speaking about the invisible realms of heaven. And we're talking like from what was in Solomon's temple, you got a cherubim, uh, you got a palm tree, you got an open flower, you've got, uh, 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 then you got uh, uh, Moses, the, the, the tabernacle of Moses, make sure you do it exactly how I showed you up on the mountain and so on and so forth. So what happens is that nearly everything of a God design is pointing us to higher dimensions. And that's not a one day, that's a now. That's a now. So we engage with the greater so we actually can influence the lesser. You know, uh, um, Darrell has been doing a thing of the ears of kings, uh, prophetic training. And obviously there's levels of government that we have by the grace of God. We have, there's influence. But I'll tell you, what, and you, go, you, go, you know, think about you, you, you speak to a head of state or president or uh, you know, diplomats, someone who's really connected, and you know what? That really should not be a big deal. If you're constantly in the presence of the King of Kings, you always function from the greater to the lesser, and so it doesn't mean a familiarity that breeds contempt or sort of you know, uh, the Lord's—he's—he's he's delegated all, all authority on the earth. He definitely has, but we, when we engage the greater, the lesser shouldn't be a big deal. It looks like command the mountain to be uprooted and cast into the sea and do not doubt in your heart those things you say will come to pass and you'll have whatever you say. So what we're gonna do is we're going to just very carefully and then quite violently deconstruct the matrix. So we're gonna start off gentle, but uh, actually, no, it's gonna start quite violent actually. Let's just go there. This is this pulls a, Jenga, a foundational Jenga block out of most people's theological Jenga Tower. Okay? Because it has to yeah, it has to be robust. But this is this came from the mouth of God. God said this, I'm just the messenger. So Luke 17, 20 to 21. Now, when he was asked, when the kingdom of when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. That is gonna upset a lot of people. And so, so when it does, you're going, you, you could meditate on that for, for, for weeks, months and years and the more you meditate on it, the more it will change you. It's very confronting because what happens is that we, according to the word of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the kingdom of heaven is within you, is your inner world, is connected to the invisible world the invisible world is more real than what we can see but the connection point is on the inside of us so the kingdom of God isn't contained or limited when we in us when we understand when we understand the uh, 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 um, the inner world is that you should be able to just go into any environment and influence it this is what's profound. This is why, when people have poor character, or tormented by fear, or uncleanness, it completely impacts the manifestation of the kingdom in you and through you. Yet we are so we don't work on it, and that's why Jesus is, it says, "Just you are what you are, what you do in private." And so, so we're so we we, we have this what they call an external locus of control or external focus. And this is not what Jesus said. This, this should be one of the most empowering things. If you have a root of bitterness, it's gonna mess you up. Release that stuff. They did this, you know, I had a bad church experience, whatever, wonderful. But if we don't understand the inner world, it's actually shutting down the flow of grace and life and love and your destiny. So the kingdom of God is within you. Who finds that scripture really confronting? Because you should. Because it is, and because it, they're saying, "Okay, we're going to observe it. Where is it? You know, is it going to come over the the, 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 the the mountains? Is it going to over here? Over here?" Jesus says, "No, no, 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 no. It will not come with observation. That's pretty full on." So, so that I, I said I was going to sell off gentle, so I misread that one. Um, but when you, you you you, this is incredible. What you meditate on. Um, okay. Last two weeks uh, um, have, had a lot of interesting conversations with people and in the midst of that, I had this vision and God gave me a language to the vision. And so who finds quantum physics really interesting and baffling at the same time? So there's a thing called quantum entanglement and they found that it just just doesn't make sense but everything's connected. Everything's connected and the Lord spoke to me and because people are getting stretched and what happens is the Lord showed me like a fabric, like a mesh. And and, and He gave me like a, a, a three-dimensional picture to explain something way, way superior. But there's a fabric that we're all connected to. And when someone is doing really, really well, they actually influence that fabric to other people in their immediate family, extended family, their church family their community, everything you think, say, or do influences other people. Isn't that mind-blowing? So when people try and disassociate from that and think whatever I do doesn't affect other people, it will always affect other people. So this is why when we we know that the kingdom of heaven is within us, you just go, oh my gosh, it's so empowering, so empowering. So we're going to go quite deep. We're gonna learn about the kingdom and you're gonna learn about yourself. So if we can start, now legit, We're going to start in Genesis and we're going to finish in Revelation. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's not going to be like that. <laughs> so can we just put up the first scripture? <clears throat> then God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. Now, remember, there's no sun. There's no sun. So we're talking. This is the spirit world. This is that God is light, the kingdom of light. He spoke the spiritual universe into being. Who thinks that's fascinating? There's no sun. Okay, God is light. And in Him, there's no shadow or variation of eternity. There's no shadows in heaven. Living light, creative light. God is light. Then God said, let there be light. Then God saw the light and that it was good and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. This is the spirit world. Because it actually says in, in, in 1 Thessalonians, you are children of the day. And it says in Romans, put on the armour of light. And it says, in, it says, you are the light of the world. Walk in the light. So light and day are synonyms in the realm of the Spirit. Yes, there's an actual physical uh, 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 day and night, but here it's the spiritual world. Who agrees with that? Because there's no sun, okay? He called the, uh, the light day and the darkness, he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Then God made the firmament, and that word there is rakia, okay? and divided the waters which were under the firmament, right? From the waters which were above the firmament and it was so. And God called the firmament, God called the rakia, the shemaim. okay? So God called the firmament heaven. So evening and morning were the second day. So there's no, there's no sun at this point, right? And so what's, what's fascinating is uh, uh, um, it's, it's the second day and you've got, the water's above the firmament and below the firmament. So we go, oh, well, that's the clouds and the drops rain and then you got the, the, the sea. That's not what it says. I believe, I believe when you start to triangulate Scripture, it's heavenly waters. There are waters above. Ezekiel wrote about it, didn't he? I will pour out my Spirit. This is why God always likens His Spirit not just to wind or fire, but water. So you go, that is really freaky. And then what happens, because what we tend to do, external locus of control, one day, one day, one day. And then you start to study the Word and you realise if you've said yes to Jesus and received the free gift of salvation by grace and faith, if you've done that, God lives inside of you. And now it says, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So you are accessing, Those waters above the heavens by faith when you're in the Spirit. Who finds that mind blowing? That's not future, that's now. This is why I believe that, um, so this is my personal position. Again, I put it out there. I'm not one of those guys to say a lot without saying anything. I say a lot of things because things need to be said in this season. It says clearly that uh, 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 the way I was raised spiritually, is that someone is baptised in the Holy Spirit with the sign or evidence of speaking in tongues. I have no problems with that. But I've met a lot of people who speak in tongues and they're full of devils. Can someone say amen? You're a bit worried, aren't you? <laughs> um, <clears throat> oppressed, cycles, defeated. And I've met people that don't pray in tongues and they are filled with God. So why don't we not make it an either or, why don't we make it a both? that you're walking, you're bearing the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, etc and pray in the Spirit. I think in this season, especially after today, you're gonna say, you're gonna be, you wanna be like Paul, I pray in tongues more than you all. Seriously, don't just, a, don't never pray in tongues and you do it in front of other people, especially if they're unbelievers. <laughs> especially if, they're, you know, I, uh, my dad's around at the moment and then uh, he's watching a movie with the kids and and then sort of like I'm out by the table tennis table like this and then I can see my dad come out to he's just sliding doors and he looks up to come out and speak to me sort of like this and he says I'm doing cuz and so there's a there's a way, there's a way to do things you know so so, so You know, so so you've got the waters above the firmament. Now this is it. We could go really, really drill down on this, but what we're going to do is I want to. We're going to map the realm of the invisible. We're mapping heaven. We're mapping the Lord, and we're mapping you. And when you understand this, rather than speculate in the abstract and wonder how this is all gonna turn out, is you can engage it now because it's like everything's already taken place, but God's put you in time and it's unfolding according to your faith. Okay, so let's do Genesis chapter two, verses eight to nine. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there He put the man whom He had formed. And out of the ground the Lord made every tree grow that is pleasant in the sight and good for food, and the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Let's do the next verse, uh, the next one I'll put up there. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. Now, Dan DeVar, when he's talking about the elementals, he believes uh, uh, it wasn't like, uh, uh, you know, Adam uh, uh, had a Jim's mowing franchise. And that was his job. He was to, to, to you know, to, it, 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 when you drill down the language, it's like Leviticus. It was like a, he was functioning as a priest, functioning as a priest. Okay, way before they invented whippersnippers and uh, uh, saws and all that sort of stuff, his job was to take dominion, but actually to be a priest in that place in Eden. So, uh, um, so the Lord God planted a garden. Uh, uh, so the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend it and keep it, and the Lord commanded the man, saying, "Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day you eat of it you shall surely die." Then Adam, uh, 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 and then what happened is God gave a fair warning, and then <laughs> that Adam's after he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, this was Adam's response when the Lord asked him. He, and then to Adam he said because you've heeded the voice of your wife pause and meditate alright so <laughs> it wasn't Valentine's Day and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you saying you shall not eat of it cursed is the ground for your sake in toil so his disobedience for, for, for eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil cursed the earth okay cursed is the ground for your sake in toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth to you so now we're talking mutations mutations so uh, anyone who's an avid gardener knows gardening really is 90% weeding oh I love gardening you like weeding <laughs> unless you want, you're like my dad sort of like, oh, I can just come and get, get, bring the old roundup up you know kill everything it's like you know and so now there's a mutation, thorns and thistles, and it shall bring forth for you, And you, shall, and you shall eat the herb of the field. Ha, <laughs> in the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread uh, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. So we, we have this scenario here where man chose to eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Again, I don't wanna drill down on that. But I wanna talk about our heavenly design and it's, it's, it's so much more crazy than we, we understand. So what we have here, what, <laughs> what we have here <laughs> is that what is God's solution? God's solution is to bring a saviour, a redeemer. But this is where it gets interesting because I wanna drill down on something that's topical and extremely mystical but the the, the Bible is written from a place of heaven, and it can only be understood from a place of heaven. And when you if you feel like you if you feel personally you're not that heavenly a person or that spiritual, then all you have to do is know that if God lives in the inside of you, you are connected to the waters above the firmament. It is not a future thing. If you have God living inside of you, you are connected to the river of life above the firmament. So God's answer to man. eating from the wrong tree and as a result cursing the earth was to bring a saviour but very, very specifically Zechariah chapter six. Then speak to him saying, thus says the Lord of hosts saying, behold the man whose name is the branch. So you've got poor choices with trees and now God is sending a man whose name is the branch from his place he shall branch out and he shall build the temple of the Lord. That's interesting. Where's the temple of the Lord? Okay, put your hand on your belly and go, here it is. Serious. Did you not know that you were you, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? You've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. So this, this is crazy. So... There, <laughs> Uh, 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 from his place he shall branch out and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Yep. Yes, he shall build the temple of the Lord and he shall bear the glory and he shall sit and rule on his throne. So he shall be a priest on his throne and the council of peace shall be between them both. So you've got this crazy situation where you actually have two trees, wrong tree, uh, and it wasn't like, 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 oops, I did it again, mistake type thing, is, it, is there was a level of, of knowledge of rebelling, of high treason, of consequence, God spoke, uh, 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 and said in that day you, you partake of it, you shall surely die. I don't wanna get into the, all, the, uh, uh, all of the layers of that, but basically God's, God's plan was to bring a man called the branch. And because and, this is not a, one we, we, we talk about all that often. So now how is the branch going to restore heaven and earth? Because Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, let those two dimensions be reconciled and in harmony again. How are we going to do that? We're going to send the branch. Well, how's he going to reconcile? Let's have a look at Deuteronomy 21, verses 22 to 23. If a man has committed a sin deserving of death, and he is put to death, and you shall hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain overnight on the tree, but you shall surely bury him that day, so that you do not defile the land which the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance. For he who is hanged on a tree, paraphrasing, is accursed of God. So, When someone is hung on a tree, they're cursed. What did Jesus do? He hung on a tree. So you have, whether it was a a, a rugged cross or they they sanded it back and, and polished it and varnished it, or it was like, you know, whatever, is that the branch hung on a tree to actually take the sins and the iniquity and the curse of the created world. Isn't that mind-blowing? And his name's the branch. So then what's God's, so one of the things in that day you shall surely die. And one of the things that we saw, we've seen some really good healings, if you need prayer for healing, please come to the healing rooms. Please come to the healing rooms. Um, They're after the service, just hang around a little bit and uh, people will pray for you. But we see a regular flow of people getting healed. And there is, unfortunately, uh, uh, the way it is, there is a medical system that has become utterly corrupted and they want to stuff pills in your gob and injections from the cradle to the grave. And these days they wanna make that distance quite a lot shorter. I'm sorry, but it's real. So we need to know that God's our healer. Now this is where it gets interesting. We've established there were two trees. We've established the Saviour was a branch who was to die on a tree for our curses. So let's talk about in that day, surely die. So, physical healing is the children's bread. You should expect to walk in divine health. Now, sometimes for some people, it's a wrestle, but you're wrestling from certainty. You're wrestling from a place of certainty, not like I hope I get healed. It's certain that God is your healer. Can someone say amen? So if we've established this theme so far, the first place where God says His covenantal name is I am the Lord, your healer. Let's read how it happened in Exodus chapter 15. So Moses brought uh, Israel out from the Red Sea. Then they went out in the wilderness of Shur. and (laughs) And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they had come to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Mara, don't call your kid Mara. Okay, uh, and the people complained, All oh, the Maras are gonna get offended now, all right. He, God, don't worry, God's gonna give you a new name and a white stone, all right? So, <laughs> and the people, <laughs> and the people complained against Moses saying, what shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord. Remember, the problem was there was something with the water. But there's waters above the firmament and below the firmament. There are natural waters and spiritual waters. Remember the river of life, whatever it touches heals. So now we have a problem with the water. She cried out, uh, so he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. So now God's answer to healing is a tree. When He cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them and there he tested them. And he said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I'll put none of the diseases on you which I've brought on the Egyptians for I am the Lord who heals you. So you have bits of water and the answer was to throw a tree in. So we have the branch who died, became a curse for us, who died on a tree because of two trees. And now the answer to healing is connected to trees. Because basically is the waters were bitter, dark waters, infirm waters. One of the, probably the biggest killer of humanity in history is water. You drink bad water. They say, please don't drink the uh, uh, water. I remember I was in um, Argentina, I was in Buenos Aires staying in a nice hotel. In the main street, it was beautiful, very, yeah, stunning architecture. But I'd forgot that Argentina does have some issues with a lot of things, and one of them is, is is clean drinking water. And I'm in my room, and I had to take a, I can't remember where it was, supplement or something like that. So I just went in the bathroom, a beautiful room, right? Nice bathroom, nice taps and everything. I just got a a, a, a cup and I. I filled it up from the sink in the bathroom. I just went like this. And afterwards I sort of went, should I have done that? And then probably within half an hour, I could hear a demon in my tummy. (laughs) Right? Not all water is water. And then, you know, then I had to work it all out. So anyway, for I am the Lord who heals you, So now, what's the next part where they were? Because this is not just like a little bit extra on the end of this story. Then they came to Elam where there were 12 wells of water. That's government. And 70 palm trees. So they camped there by the waters. God wants to establish healing on a governmental level. He wants to, 70 is completeness and fullness. And you start to see the answer for everything. It started with two trees, so God chose His glorious branch to die on a tree and also healing is connected to throwing a tree in the bitter waters to convert them. We've got to make sure, we've got to make sure that the waters inside of us are not bitter. When you complain, when you gossip, when you have unforgiveness, your waters become bitter. And it actually says in James, we cannot have fresh and bitter water coming out the same fountain. So we need to apply the glorious branch on the inside of us. Who thinks this is very, very interesting? We have, have only just got started, okay? So, so going deeper into this whole theme, so Isaiah 11, one says, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. That's Jesus, obviously. So we're talking about God's answer for the world was to send His Son and His name. Multiple times, Isaiah, Zechariah, okay? The branch is the answer to everything. We've got to make sure that we are connected to the waters above the firmament that our waters do not become bitter and inhabited by devils. Very important. If you cannot control your tongue, your words, it says your religion is useless. So remember at the moment what you have now is you've got levels of uncertainty economically etc uh, uh, wars rumors of wars all that sort of stuff right and then so you've got churches who are obsessed with encouraging their people and you go well that's a that statement's all well and good but how much encouragement do people how much encouragement do people need to actually get courage Every week people are getting encouraged. What if they're in error? See, what the Word of the Lord should do is cause us to change how we think, which is called repentance. If you're just getting encouraged all the time, it's a false economy. What if you're completely deceived, you're in error? I think I I had a conversation, someone during the week, you you don't know what you don't know. So we have here all these things happening and rather than speculate in the abstract, is that God has sent a branch to die on a tree to become our curse. Even a tree was thrown in the bitter waters to take the curse of sickness as well. And the answer is the branch. Can someone say amen? So something happened at the cross, a real mystery. A real mystery that took place at Calvary is that everything changed and Jesus is now seated at the right hand of the Father and He delegates things. He's a delegator. All all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore you go. They're taking that literally. (laughs) They just can't wait to apply this. This is amazing. Obviously, Munter. Um, So so the branch is the answer, but everything changes. Who's ready for the change? Yep, let's do the one in John. Here we go. I'm the vine and now you're the branches. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna there's God's external rescue package. And they oh, they going, you're looking, you look in the mirror, you God in you is the answer. It says heaven must retain Jesus in Acts 3.21 until the restoration of all things. Heaven will retain Jesus until the restoration of all things. I think Peter knew what he was talking about. You know, I don't think we know a tiny, I don't think we understand even a tiny percentage of what he saw on the Mount of Transfiguration. I think he saw way more than the high priest did once a year on the day of atonement when he went to the Holy Holies. Peter, he, he behold his majesty. And even in the midst of that, he said, let's do three tabernacles, you know? Like, like, so, so above all, <laughs> he said, like, oh, I'm at the centre of the universe, the secret, and the mysteries. Oh, oh, this is good that we're here, let's build three tabernacles. And I go, no, 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 no. <coughs> then a cloud overshadowed him. <laughs> okay, so now, This is, remember, this is a heavenly book to be understood from heaven. Let's get rid of the whole religious rubbish. It doesn't work because that's external. The kingdom of God is within you. And now Jesus is the branch, the branch is the answer. And now He says, I'm the vine, now you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. You're called to bear fruit. It's not, this is quite simple, all right? For without me, you can do nothing. Bear fruit, not be fruity. Okay. If anyone does not abide in me, okay, so what if you don't, what what if someone doesn't abide in Christ? They're cast out as a branch and is withered. Now, let me just say something fascinating God sees every single person who's sent into the earth as a tree because that's what he showed Nebuchadnezzar, that's what he showed Pharaoh. So, anyone that does not abide in the vine will wither and will be cast into the fire does that blow your mind that God in the realm of the Spirit sees every single person on the earth or ever been as a tree? That's fascinating, because we've got a lot to learn about this. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, it should be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So now we're, he's the vine now, we're the branches. Our job's to remain in him and we bear fruit. So you go, this has massive ramifications. So you go, well, he calls. So this is the thing, you, you, I'm a finished work guy. If there's such a, a movement or a thing, you know, but, but he, when he said it's finished, he meant it. Now, we need the spirit of wisdom and counsel and knowledge to be able to work out what he's done and not work it out, but work it out. So how do we activate this whole true reality? And and when we understand this design, it should help us completely to be conformed to the image of the Father's Son and bear much fruit. So let's have a look how God says how we can activate the reality of this, 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 this connected to living waters. Let's do Psalm. Psalms, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of people who mock but his delight is in the word of God it's a paraphrase and in his word he meditates day and night he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water so he's drawing a natural picture so if you, if you meditate in God's word you are connected to the waters above the firmament How good is that? You you can't say, what are you doing? I'm I'm gonna read my Bible. Boring. You think about all the external stimuli out there now that makes you inwardly passive. So you become the boring. And now the Lord says, no, 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 no. You can connect to the invisible dimensions of heaven by meditating in my Word. And, and, And wherever the rivers flow, it brings life, it heals. Who thinks this is amazing? So I know I'm stretching the matrix and the fabric's going, Meep. I get it. But he should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You go, how much life do you want? Well, how much time are you in the Word? You can do devotions, it's fine. When we understand if, if we had enough veils adequately removed from our inner world, we would live in the Word. We would, live in, we would live in the Word and be obsessed with it. It's, 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 it's amazing. So He should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water uh, that brings forth its fruit in its season, <coughs> whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever He does shall prosper. I need prosperity. He's your answer. Whatever you do. God's Word is, like I said, it's, it is amazing. I love God's Word. I love the a uh, 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 written Logos, and I love the spoken and ramer. Love them both, love them both. But if you wanna hear from God easily and a lot, obsess with the written Word. I need a prophetic encounter, I need, you need the Word. Because you could see a panoramic encounter outlining whatever and not understand it. But when you actually have the Logos in you, you actually lock a tree planted by the, uh, 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 by the waters so then, what's very interesting is in the Old Testament, the word faith is hardly mentioned. One place is Habakkuk, that book we read all the time. Some of you are going, never knew it existed. All right. Habakkuk says the Joshua lived by his faith. But there was a synonym that was used in lieu of faith because faith is the best way because you only truly see with the eyes of your heart. You can have five people see the same object and they all interpret it differently. You've got to see it with your heart. This is why when you, when you meditate on the Word, it actually gets your, it aligns your heart, cuts away things that shouldn't be there. So the, the synonym for faith in the Old Testament is trust. Okay, trusting in the Lord. And people need to know, so when you see the word trust, you, you, can, you can actually pair it up with the word faith. So let's see what Jeremiah says. Cursed is the man who trusts in man. I've seen people network. I've seen people brown nose. And everything seems tickety boo until the last minute it gets shut down just before it happens. You always have to look through every person and see the Lord. When you give, you don't give to someone, you give through someone. You give to God. Every time you serve, every time you worship, you have to see the Lord. When you think someone is gonna get you up that ladder, the Bible says you're cursed. Because people change. Everyone wanted to celebrate and put Jesus on the throne and it says he did not commit himself to man because he knew what was in man. One minute in throne, next minute on a tree. So we gotta be, we've got, this is why we need to be filled with wisdom and heaven and look through situations and see God and not trust in man. Unfortunately, you've got got people who trust government. Could you get any dumber? (laughs) Study history and then you realise anyone that trusts government is super dumb. And that democracy is about limiting power because power corrupts especially when you have godless secularism. So cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes the natural his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. He should be like a shrub in the desert, not a tree. Okay, you don't trust in the Lord. You are a tumbleweed. And shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green and it will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. When you meditate in God's word, you are connected. You are connecting to the waters above the rakia in the Shammayim. You are connected to heavenly waters. We need a revival of people speaking in tongues or praying in the Spirit. Let the river flow. To prophesy, to decree, don't let your waters become bitter. But there are things happening in the earth and you don't have to worry about the things in the earth if you are trusting in the Lord. And it's not a passive sit down, God's got this. It's actually living in the Word and speaking it. You're connected to the source of life. And there will be droughts. So people go, "Ah!" you know, that's not encouraging. Come on. Because in the name of encouragement, there's so many parts of the body of Christ not talking about anything. And people want, (laughs) we've had people come here in 2022 and said, I've come from a church where they haven't mentioned anything about COVID for two to three years. So people they start to, they go, what, am, what, "What the heck is this?" So we have to be able to look at things and not be overwhelmed, especially if you've got kids. you know And so we, we have to be planted by living waters and teach people how to change and be transformed through the renewing of their mind. Because it's not the meta-narrative. What's happening in the world now is not the meta-narrative? The meta-narrative is Jesus is God. He died on the cross for us and completely destroyed the power of the enemy. And the church has to stop giving that power back to the enemy through poor teaching and unbelief. This is our privilege. This is our inheritance. That we would would rebuke the devourer in the name of Jesus. That's our privilege. And we don't get to outsource it. We're the ones. So unless you weren't sure about So we've talked about meditating in the Word of God. We've talked about having faith in God, which faith is an action, it's not passive, it's not a creed, it's not mental assent. It's action. Let's go to the third one. How else can we be established as a tree? Let's do Isaiah. To To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise, God doesn't put the garment on you, you put it on. You've got to put the garment of praise and why do you think we're so pedantic about the tabernacle of David being rebuilt? If you do not cultivate praising God all the time, you will not overcome any mental health issues. And trust me, everything's being set up to drive people mad. Disappointment, sad, depressed, flat effect. You have to put on the garment of praise. Become obsessed with praising God. And when you do, you have to learn to be creative. You have to, can only do it in the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, you're just doing repetition like a robot. So it says, To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. You start to realise, when you realise the Kingdom of Heaven, the design of the Lord, you start to understand your design. Meditating in His Word, walking in complete trust and faith in Him. That's not a a disassociative mantra of God's got this. Faith is an action and now you're actively praising God. How far can we take this? Have we established... Have we established so far that God's one of, the fa- one of the ways God sees us are as trees? Have we established that? Have we established the fact that we're meant to be planted by living waters? Yes. Have we established the fact that we're meant to bear fruit? Yes. Have we established the fact that even in difficult times, our leaf is to remain green and not wither? So you've got trees by living by, by living waters, the sham, uh, uh, the, the, above the rakia, okay? The waters above the firmament, trees planted by living waters to bear fruit, whose leaves will not wither. And we get established through meditating, we get established by praising God, we get established by living in faith. And we're connected to invisible waters of life. We gotta make sure those waters don't become bitter and polluted. So how far can we take this? Who wants to go far with this? Okay. You ready? Let's go to book of Revelation. And He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits. That's government. Right? Each tree yielding its fruit every month. That's time. That's Kronos. You have an intersection between eternity and Kronos, or Kairos and Kronos. Each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. How's the matrix going? Because people are going, oh, you know, one day. It's not what it says here. You start to have a look, these Jenga pieces, you start pulling out these foundational Jenga pieces. If you actually tap into heavenly waters, you start to bear fruit. And that fruit is to be used by the unbeliever or the people who are getting smashed. Your leaves are for the healing of the nations. It, it, God mentioned this at least twice, right? Ezekiel gave a lot more detail Wherever the river goes, wherever the water flows, it brings life. You're going, wow, you're stretching it. No, God is. God's stretching it. I'm not stretching anything. I'm just reading your scripture. Wow, are you saying that, that, that can we go further? Okay, yes, please. All right, we're gonna get double now. All right, let's go Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he who wins the souls is wise. So you start to realise, oh my gosh, Lord, you've planted me in you. You've put me in a nation. You've set boundaries in nations. You've, You've set the solitary in families. But in the realm of the spirit, you've planted me in heavenly waters. Do you know how much, do you know how empowered you are? And do you know, you can have really messed up, a really messed up past. Or, disadvantaged past you have a look at the book of proverbs and the most repetitive condemnation is towards people who are lazy you are so empowered but if you do not use the privilege of that power and you're lazy you're going to get the result of that so actually you are the, the fruit of the righteous are a tree of life so now we're flipping the whole thing inside out, upside down. The kingdom of God does not come with observation for the kingdom of God is within you. And God, because, God, because they ate from the wrong tree, God became a branch and died on a tree to become the curse. And He threw a tree into the bitter waters to bring healing and He's, he's the glorious branch. Then He flips the whole thing. In the new, new covenant, I'm the vine and now you're the branches. And it's so confronting because it messes with what we've been taught because one day, one day, one day, one day. The just shall not live by one day, the just shall live by faith. And you go, man, I better, I better, repentance looks like abiding in the Lord. That's what it looks like. Let's do a look at another scripture in Proverbs. The next one, please. Happy is a man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And happy are all who retain her. This is mind-blowing. This is mind-blowing. You start to realise God's design is to raise up sons of God to liberate creation. And we've just seen one element of that. Who's finding that their brain's been a bit stretched this morning? Just wave to me if your brain's been a bit stretched. Praise the Lord, it needs it. It needs it. God wants you planted by those heavenly waters. You know you got you got. Look, I'm on on a journey, right? I mean, we haven't even really gone there with difficult. This is a really easy subject. Can I just throw a spanner in the works? As if I had. Can I throw a spanner in the bag of spanners that are in your lap? I believe in the final resurrection. I believe in a great white throne judgment. But Paul says something really weird in Philippians. He said he wanted to be counted worthy of the resurrection. And he hasn't actually laid a hold of it, but he actually presses towards the upward call in Christ Jesus. I don't think we understand resurrection like we think we do. Because there's something that the Apostle Paul did not consider himself worthy at that time and you're going, if the Apostle Paul wasn't, thought he wasn't worthy, what is he talking about? If the Apostle Paul's not worthy, then you've got something to think about. All right? Then no, this is, because we, that, that, this, this, the teaching that, that, that has been traditional in the West doesn't work. Sorry. <laughs> Cling! It's true. So, so you go, God's methodology is men and women. Jesus will be retained in heaven until the restoration of all things. I'm looking at the answer right now. Now, I haven't put this in the list, but could you find for me, please, Matthew 13, verses 31 to 32. Matthew 13, 31 32. Have we established tree, that you, are, you guys are trees of righteousness? Have we established that? All right, and the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life? Have we done that? Yes? You're called to bear fruit so other people can partake of it. Yes, okay. And we do it by meditating in the Word. We do it by praising the Lord continually. And we do it by having our trust in Him. So God wants to manifest on the earth. Here's how He manifests on the earth. If we've established your trees of righteousness, let's have a look at this. And another parable He put to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which is, remember the mustard seed's connected to faith as well. Which a man took and sowed in his field which indeed is the least of the seeds, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. That's you, that's you. If there was such a word, if we could do a composite word called exciting and confronting, could say, that's astonishing but you start to realise, because we've been trained, it's all gonna be an external thing, external, external, external. And Jesus absolutely puts that to rest. I'm not saying everything's contained in your belly per se. What I am saying is your inner world is connected to the spirit world, which is limitless. And Jesus said, to him who believes all things are possible. And we've actually made external and we've been put, you have been trained from birth to fit in a system where you can be controlled and harvested. From birth, shut up, don't be controversial, pay your taxes. A system, it's called the matrix, it's real. And people get so yoked to that matrix through soul ties and familiar spirits, when God speaks through His Word, people get rattled and they get upset. And this is why we need to know the truth and knowing the truth will set us free. You are trees of righteousness and the planting of the Lord that He may be glorified. How do you activate it? You praise the Lord. How do you activate it? You meditate on the Word of God. How do you activate it? You live by faith and not by sight. You start to engage the realm of the invisible. You get excited, you get excited the power. You get excited that God wants to bring life through you, in and through you. He manifests on the earth, the kingdom of heaven is life. Man sowed a tiny mustard seed and became a massive tree. You are called to change the world. This is exciting. I just, you guys, he's like, got funeral feels around this but only because it's really confronting to religion. Religion is that it'll work out and it's gonna be out there in someday. That's not well, this is so much more vibrant than that. I think what's interesting is the Lord says this, that every single person is like a tree because the Pharisees came to investigate what John the Baptist was doing because they wanted to jump on the bandwagon. They wanted us to look at the bandwagon. Some people estimate, now I don't know if this is possible, some people estimate that John the Baptist baptized hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. We're talking multitudes. Jesus said, "There's an unborn greater among women." He was a full-on seer. He could just look up and see. We don't, we don't get much detail. It's, we're talking crazy. He's a blood, blood relative of Jesus. You know how, how special was John the Baptist? He got baptized in the Holy Ghost in his mother's womb. You know, talk about teacher's pet. And then the Pharisees are coming down to see, is this a bandwagon we wanna get on? And this is what John the Baptist said in Matthew. Therefore, uh, hang on, let's, is that where it starts? Have a look at this, Matthew eight. Yep, therefore, he says this to the Pharisees coming down to the Jordan. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, the natural. Okay, the seed of Abraham is, not those, is, is those in Christ now. It's not the seeds, it's the seed. Right, For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Ooh, that's a bit rough. And even now the ax is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. This is why the Bible is a heavenly book written in heaven to be understood from heaven from heavenly places. The Bible says you and I are already raised up in heavenly places. Who wants to learn more about this stuff? This is where we have to function from. Can we put the the, the worship pads on, please? Before you open your communion, just grab your communion. Don't open it yet. Who felt they, who felt this morning they weren't expecting a steak for breakfast? Okay. Usually, if you have a steak for breakfast, you need some Worcestershire sauce. One of the hardest words to spell. This is what I want you to do. I said before you open up, anyway. okay so before we do this I want you to just start to look to the Lord and by faith that you are already seated in heavenly places and that rivers of living water are coming out of your innermost being can you do that? now just, I want you to just start to, for those who are more built up spiritually, I want you to just start to release it in the atmosphere by faith. Don't say a word. I'm going to get people to pray in the Spirit in a second. But don't say a word. Can you release the river of God out of your belly by faith and put it into the atmosphere? So just focus on the fact that you're seated above the rakia and the shamayim with the heavenly waters because they have been divided. Because this is what we have to learn today.